everybody, and welcome to And Then an Aeroplane, episode 14. I didn't even have to look, I just knew it. Um, I am Autumn June, and I am joined by M. It's time to talk about Studio Ghibli. It's time to talk about Naruto. <laughs> I don't know why, I just finished Naruto, that's all. <laughs> we could, I guess, I mean, no one wants to hear that, but... <laughs> I think more people like Spirited Away than Naruto. I I don't know if that's true by volume, but in terms of, like, the people we know, I know that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, mm, yeah, it's definitely not true by volume, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the big so, three, Dragon Ball, One Piece, and <laughs> Spirited Away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here to talk about Spirited Away. It was... Studio Ghibli's 2001 film directed by Miyazaki, written by Miyazaki. Um, maybe the most important Ghibli film, at least as far as Western audiences are concerned. Um, this movie's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we get into it? I suppose we should. <laughs> uh, do you want to do the summary or you want me to do the summary? Um... I can do the summary. Okay. Uh, so Spirited Away is a movie about a 10-year-old girl named Chihiro who is traveling with her parents to her new house uh, far away from wherever she was. Uh, and they stop and take a short... They stop and they're like, we're just going to go look at this uh, side road while the movers deliver our stuff. And Chihiro's having a rough time, not really into moving, uh, very unhappy with having to leave all her friends. And they go through this like abandoned tunnel and come out the other side into this very strange field that the father's like, oh, this is one of those abandoned amusement parks in the bubble economy. And you're like, ah, clearly that's not what this is because this place is weird. seems like it goes on forever. seems like they went to another dimension. Uh, they go to this empty town and her parents eat the food there and turn into pigs. And it's very strange. And turns out that they have crossed over into the spirit realm. And Chihiro is now stranded here. Uh, she meets a, a boy named Haku who helps her out, gets her like food that will make her solid in this intangible world, and then tells her how to con her way into working at the spirit bathhouse that is nearby. Um, she makes contract with uh, the witch uh, named Yubaba to work there in exchange for her name. Um, which she like has to remember, or she has to keep remembering, otherwise she'll forget and be enslaved to Baba forever. Uh, she works at the place. Uh, hijinks ensue. Uh, everyone's seen Spirited Away, but um, uh, <laughs> she goes on a quest to save Haku, who is also under Yubaba's thrall, and in doing so, ends up helping Yubaba and all of the other people she has met in a way that you know restores everyone's confidence uh, in her and her confidence in herself. And she gets her parents back, and they all go home, and she's a grown up now, and they're not pigs anymore. For the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I was thinking about Kiki a lot in this, uh, movie because it is very much like the same kind of, like, coming of age, um, uh, and almost kind of an episodic structure, mm -hmm. uh, but not quite. Um, but before we get too deep in, uh, who was the voice cast on this film? I haven't looked at it all yet. Okay. So we don't have actually a ton here, um... Just because most people did not do a whole lot of stuff other than this, uh, or they're like actor actors. Chihiro is voiced by Rumi Hiragi. Uh, she is the voice of Fujin and Ponyo and Sachiko from Up on Poppy Hill. We'll get to those when we get to them. 
Um, in English, she's voiced by uh, Davy Chase. She's the voice of Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. Uh, she's, oh! Uh, she is Samantha Darko in Donnie Darko, his little sister. Uh, everyone hates Donnie Darko, I know, but it's fine. Uh, she also <laughs> played Samara in the uh, English version of The Ring. Okay. Uh, Haku is voiced by Miyu Irino. This is the biggest name here. Um, he voiced Shoya in A Silent Voice. He's the name of Akito in Akito the Exiled. Uh, he voiced Koshi Sugura in Haiku, uh, Ritsu Kageyama in Mob Psycho 100. He's going to be someone called Saji Crossroad in Mobile Suit Gundam 00 when we get to that. And he is also famous in video games for being the voices of both Parappa the Rapper and Sora Kingdom Hearts. Wait, he's Parappa too? Oh my god. Yes. Um, in English, he is voiced by James Marsden, who at this point everyone knew as Cyclops. Jason Marsden, uh, famous to me uh, for... James Marsden, not Jason Marsden. Okay, okay. James Marsden, famous to me because um, Nora and I got obsessed with him at some point during recording White Lotus and would bring him up on every episode but could never remember what roles he had done other okay. than Cyclops and one bit role in Legend of Korra. Uh, he was in the Hairspray remake. He was... Uh, I like that movie. He was uh, Lois Lane's husband in Superman Returns. Those are the things I think of. James Marsden seems cool. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Yubaba and Zeniba, Yubaba's twin sister, are voiced by Mari Natsuki. Uh, she is just like a famous actress with tons of roles and things that we don't know because we're weebs and uh, don't watch actual Japanese movies. Uh, stuff that people might know. She is the voice of Big Mama in Metal Gear Solid 4, <laughs> Guns of the Patriots. Um, English voice actor is Susan, Suzanne Plachette. She was most famous for the Bob Newhart show. That's what I knew growing up. Uh, she's also in the mm. birds. She worked in film and television for decades. Um, mm-hmm. Kamaji, uh, who is the guy who runs the boiler at, in the basement of the bathhouse, is voiced by Bunta Sugawara. He is also a famous as actor. Uh, his most famous role was in the five movies that make up Battles Without Honor or Anti-Humanity, which is like groundbreaking Yakuza film stuff. Uh, in English, he's voiced by David Ogden Steers, who I always remember as my favorite character in MASH, if anybody ever watched MASH. Uh, he's Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. He's the Doctor in Lilo and Stitch. He did a bunch of voice roles. Um, Lynn is voiced by Yumi uh, Tamai. Uh, she seems like uh, she did not do too much. She's like the member of a performance group called Psalm. Um, she was in like one other thing, like of anime wise. Um, English, she is voiced by Susan Egan, uh, who we've already covered because she plays the English voice of Madame Gina in Porco Rosso. She's Rose Quartz in Steven Universe. She's Megara in Hercules. Showing up. Uh, and then the one of the person I grabbed was No Face. Uh, I only grabbed him in Japanese. Uh, in Japanese, he's voiced by Akio Nakamura, who is Wei Wulong, Lei Wulong in Tech in the Motion Picture, and a character named Matthew in Eureka 7, which is a show everyone keeps telling me I need to watch, because it's Mecca from the aughts or whatever. Okay. So that's everybody. Um, Haku, really the big, like, anime voice here, which is unsurprising. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd seen... I'd seen the dub maybe maybe three times in the last couple years, like since I was like 15 or so. Yeah. This was my first time watching uh, the sub for the podcast, uh, and it's a lot better, I think. I think the dub is like fine, but um, I, re- I don't really like uh, Davy Chase as Chihiro. 
Mm. And I just loved the sub a, a whole lot more than I've ever liked the dub. So uh, this is, it's worth noting, this is the big push of Disney getting involved with Ghibli. Uh, John Lasseter was a fan and really wanted this movie uh, and convinced Disney to buy the distribution rights. Uh, they hired like actual directors and writers to oversee the production and like the vo- English voice acting. Uh, they made sure all the lip flaps matched and all the things that, you know, they went all out. They spent a lot of money on this one. Uh, it's why it won Best Animated Picture at the Oscars. It's the only non-English language film, I think, to do so. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Only hand-drawn and non-English language anime film. Hand-drawn is like, you know, there's some CG here, the, but yes. Yeah. The the thing that's most interesting about this movie is the way that they use the CG, I think. Yeah. Um, and so this movie is huge. Uh I I had seen uh what was it Princess Mononoke okay, we talked about that during that episode this is the second Ghibli I saw I saw this probably shortly after it hit DVD uh, I've always loved it it was one of my favorite movies for a long time um I've watched both versions probably like half dozen times plus each so um I prefer the Japanese version I think Chihiro in particular is very shouty in the English in a way that like is it's is just loud it's just loud she's just a loud character <laughs> in a way that mm-hmm, i don't really see mm-hmm. her as in the japanese uh it makes her seem very petulant in a way that like i guess like an american 10 year old girl would be and maybe a japanese girl would not um right it's you know you saying that she was also the voice of lilo i think this is a voice that really works well for lilo yes. and does not necessarily work well for chihiro yes like yeah um <clears throat> But as you can tell, obviously, I have a long, long affection with this movie. I was kind of hesitant to come back to it because I was like, what do I think? Am I going to pull a kiki here and realize that I don't like the movie because it's all about weird labor shit? And no, I'm going to say no. I think that the things this movie is about sidestep a lot of my complaints that we had for Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, and also because this is just Miyazaki making a big fantastical fairy tale. I think it steps in whole other problems that Kiki doesn't have uh, that are interesting. I think this is like the first real old man Miyazaki movie. Like he just seems like a mm. grumpy fucker writing this movie in a lot of ways. Um, not yeah. just, not, not just about Chihiro, but like her lackadaisical, like bubble economy parents, these yuppies who like rudely burst in and eat all this food that they shouldn't be eating and get turned to pigs. And, um, like Miyazaki definitely thinks that they deserve to have turned into pigs and, uh, that Chihiro is like this coddled child of these, you know, Gen Xer parents. <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot of like old man yells at the kids in this movie to me. Yeah, I was reading yesterday the like the little production section on Wikipedia and there's like a lot of stuff about like Miyazaki was reading like shoujo manga for like um aimed at like 10-year-old girls and like was looking down his nose at like oh, I could do so much better than this, you know. They these are only about crushes and romance and like I'm going to like talk about the real shit in like my shoujo movie. Um and it it comes through. I like this movie a lot, but like some of his, his feeling above some of the like tropes feel comes through in the movie. Yeah, there's like a judginess to his like discounting that stuff as frivolous that I definitely know that he would just believe. Um, I do think he's right in that there's more that can be said to speak to ten year old girls, and I think this movie like being about this like very fearful step into adulthood is like interesting and well done. Um, it may like Chihiro is a character who goes from pouting in a car because she has to move to like, you know, saving the day, striding confidently, like out into the wilderness of magical Japan. Right. Like 
there's mm-hmm. a lot of m- movement for her character over this time. Um, and I think that stuff's generally pretty good. Um, and I, you know, it's worthwhile to do in a, like a coming of age story that's about like go, going from a child to a teenager, which is a very different process than we typically think of coming of age stories as like moving to adulthood, right? Right. Um, and like, there's like one little moment in the movie that like, really warmed my heart and like kind of got me sold on like the whole thing which is um early in the movie uh she has to go down these like weird creepy stairs and she's like panicked about it and like sprints down them and then maybe 30 minutes later in the movie she has to like run across a pipe and climb a ladder and it's like deliberately like kind of reflecting that stair sequence but she's like so much more confident now and i'm like I think I think the movie like sells her change in just a couple days so well that like that moment working makes kind of the whole movie work for me in like a big way. Yeah. Yeah, she's a character that like it's really easy like Kiki's like Kiki is a story about like oh this girl just needs to double down and work harder and she will come to a realization like you know work in a society you work hard to get rewarded. Uh to me Spirit Away is a movie about like discovering the strength that you already had with you that you didn't realize you had. Which is, like, adjacent to, but very different in tenor to me than Kiki's. And that, like, Chihiro is a person who just doesn't know that she is capable of things and learns that that is true. Right. And I don't think, um... And I think it's a little more honest about, like, sometimes you're going to work really hard and get rewarded for it. And sometimes you're going to get work really hard and, like, get scolded for it. Um, Like, I think the movie is a little is a little more rounded i guess than kiki is of just like you just got to work through that depression (laughs) yeah um i was thinking a lot about like working at a coffee shop and watching this movie and like yeah this is very much like what having your first job especially in a service industry is like uh and just that aspect of like it feeling really real to me in that way uh did make me like this movie a lot more than I have in the past. Um, I've been kind of lukewarm on this movie the other times I've seen it, and I was a lot more affectionate to it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, um, like, the moment... What is it? The moment that she uh, works really hard and, like, helps out the river spirit that they all thought was a, a stink spirit... Yeah. And they all, like, they all, like, are laying praise upon Shihiro. They're like, oh, my gosh, Shihiro, like, we, we love her. And then, like, the next day, like, a similar sort of situation happens where the no-face shows up and, like, Shihiro solves it. But, like, um, now today everyone hates her because, um, like, the fa- the gold was fake and, like, the circumstances are just, like, tweaked and, like, nothing she did was that different. It's just that, like, sometimes you work at a service job and shit just, like, goes weird and people blame you. <laughs> um, yeah. It's also, like, very aware of the idea that, like, people get through hard situations because of the people around here around them. Like, Chihiro gets by because Haku helps her... Uh, uh, Kamaji helps her. Lynn helps her out. Um, like Lynn helps her a lot, even though she's like given her a hard time the entire time. Right. And 
that is like a thing that is also true in Kiki that like the people around her matter a lot, but like at the end of the day, like all of that comes from her. Yeah. Um, whereas Spirited Away is, um, like people are a little more interdependent. Yeah. I'm going to go check on the dog. I'll be right back. Okay. (laughs) I'm back. Okay. How's dog? I think dog's good. We'll see. Oh, where were we? Yeah, I'm trying to remember where we were at. Oh, the other thing I think that this does well is, like, Chihiro could just work at this bathhouse forever, right? Like, she could forget her name Mm -hmm. and do hard work. Like, part of this story is learning that hard work only gets you so far. You need to, like, be, like, applying your effort to a greater purpose in a way that I don't think he's necessarily about, really. Um, like, it's not that she works at the bathhouse that's good. It's that she works there long enough to realize she needs to leave and go do something else. Yeah. And, um, like, and I hadn't thought about this until we were talking, like, um, the thing that she's working for is so that she can, like, go back home and be a normal 10-year-old. Like, at the end, as they're walking back out of the tunnel, she is, like, clinging to her mom again because she is still a 10-year-old girl and, like, her having to do this, like, adult, like, adult shit for the last few days, like, it's not, it's not a bad thing that she, like, leaves here and is still, like, young. Yeah, she <laughs> you does know? not, she does not come back like the hobbits, right? Like, she's not, like, arrayed in her armor and all of her knowledge and woe. Uh, she's just, <laughs> like, 10% less sad about moving to this new place. Right, like, she's just, a, she has a newfound self-confidence. It's not, like some treatise on like who she is as a person like inherently mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't want to just keep comparing <laughs> comparing this movie to kiki but like i i like this movie a lot better than kiki and it is in kind of a similar space in my head so well let's talk about the stuff that isn't kiki alike so haku uh for all of miyazaki's films is the first like actual like love interest uh, you know, deuteragonist that I think works at all. Like Haku is cool and interesting. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, as a character, like his like whole sorceress apprentice thing, the way in which he is hot and cold with Chihiro and she does not understand because she's never been in a place that is dramatic like this. Um, to like the reveal that they are fate, like tied together by fate. Um, that like speaks to the broader fairy tale qualities that we'll probably talk about a little later on to this movie. Um, I think that all really works. Uh, He's just a cool character. I like him a lot. The The big dragon is cool. <laughs> we just love the big dragon that's also um, boy. Yeah, that's also <laughs> Sora Kingdom Hearts, but mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember, like, the first time I watched this movie, like, he's a, he's a river? Like, what? I, I truly did not understand, like what was going on with Haku the first time this this time around I really like it because it's it is not like their miracle romance that's happening it is just like oh this this boy meets this girl and they're going to like have a good time together for a few days and then like wistfully think about each other every now and then but like it is not um a big love story in the way of like um, whisper of the heart is, you know? Yeah. 
it's also like a lot of the impetus of this movie is like let's take all of like traditional japanese culture specifically like shinto uh culture and pour all of that into a movie because again miyazaki increasingly becoming a cranky old man the kids today don't know nothing about spirits chiro doesn't even know what those little houses are by the side of the road i know because i grew up watching spirited away (laughs) (laughs) it's also great because there's um there's somewhere in this wikipedia page i was reading yesterday where he has a quote where he's like i don't really believe in all that spirit stuff but you know my grandparents did and it's like (laughs) i like that he like um, but it, he was mad because his grandparents believed in this stuff, and he doesn't, but now his, his grandkids don't even know about it, and it's like, ah, it was, it was frustrating how old man he is, but also all the spirits look cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, so much of that is reintroducing traditionalist elements in a way that, like, we saw in, like, Palm Poco. Palm Poco has a lot of this stuff that's played much less, like, we need to remind the kids about traditional bathhouses and you know spirits um and it just like like languishes and that stuff and celebrates it and this is very much more like presenting it to the audience uh, chiro like as a 10 year old girl is is as like unaware of all of this stuff as like an american viewer of this movie is right like she's explained everything as she goes along like what is a radish spirit the answer is he's a cool dude who just wanders around <laughs> uh silently and is uh, a little like you know loincloth and hat love that guy <laughs> um i think maybe my favorite spirit is the are the little ducks oh you mean the big ducks because they're big ducks <laughs> they're big ducks that have little leaf hats yeah what if what if totoro was a duck <laughs> uh, um, they're super cute yeah, and there's like frogmen, and then there's guys who may be frogmen, but they're like more men than frog, but they still kind of look like frogs. Uh, but then there's just a frog that talks. <laughs> right. Um, just a, there was a little moment where um, Lynn said, like, gets mad because her and Shahira are given a job, and she's like, that's frog work. And I'm like, I need to know everything about the, like, system of, like, what's frog work, and is Lynn a human, or is Lynn, like, some other type of spirit? I assume she's a human. Um, Because there's, like, there's, like, human-looking women that are, like, hand-style, like, uh, suggestive figures, right? Like, there's women who are basically, like, weird, like, doll versions of, like, women at court that don't look human. Lynn looks just like a human. Uh, and it, it, they just exist next to each other in a way that's very weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, very different from, like, the way that, like, like, Pompoko will put, like, two obviously different art styles on screen. Like, these women, like, the, this is much more cohesive while purposefully, like, mismatching these things. Uh, I'm not expressing that quite how I mean, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah. Also, um, like, Haku and Lin are like characters that like are their names are written in katakana. They reek of like, you know, Yubaba took her, their names also when they made their contracts. As opposed to right. like the foreman guy is named Chichiyaku. Like that guy is just a like traditional Japanese name. I had a real um weeb I should learn how Japanese moment as um Yubaba was like stealing Shihiro's name because mm-hmm. I I could tell something was going on with the way that it was written but I have no concept of like how Japanese names are written and I was I was like I want to know how this works <laughs> 
Like, I want to know how you, like, got Sen from Shihiro, but anyway. <laughs> uh, well, let's start with the Chinese invasion of Japan and how it... In- <laughs> Um, I was also struck this time, for some reason in my memory, like, for some reason in my memory, like, her taking the train out to Zaniba's house is, like, this huge, like, second half of the movie, and it's really not. It's, like, they, like, get on that train with, like, 30 minutes left to go in the movie. Yeah. Um, it feels like a long journey because there's so like there's a whole bit with no face and they deal with that and then she goes, she's like I'm gonna go to Zaniba and give her back the seal and there's this long sequence on the train where they just go through these like ghostly tableau as the night falls and the spirits get off and you pass places it's like are these other places in the spirit realm or are these places where like the real world intersects with the spirit realm because they look like they're like you know here's a dusty farmhouse here's like an old train station. Uh, it's never quite sure, like, how much of that is, like, this is where you get off to go back to the real world in this space. Um, and I love that stuff. But, yeah, it's, like, only, like, a five-minute sequence. Yeah, it. I think it just feels big in my memory just because of, like, um, so much is, like, communicated about who Zaniba is in that, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good. Also, just quick aside, uh, the, the train sequence... All the shadow people there are just extras from Porco Rosso. They look stunning. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm jumping all around. <laughs> um, but, like, I had something to say about Zinni, but I was totally dropped from my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, as we were talking about things that we were struck by in terms of, like, spirit stuff, one of my favorite things in this uh, movie that has always been a favorite is the weird hand lamp that shows up when they get off at the swamp where Zaniva lives. There's just this hand with a long pole coming out the wrist with a lamp yes. on it that bounces out of the darkness with, like, a cartoon, like, squicky, no- like, a, like a chew toy noise as it bounces around. Oh, my God. And then it just, um, and then when they get back to Zaniba's hut, it just kind of folds up above the like, you know, entryway of the fence. Uh, but does wave goodbye when Shahiro leaves. Yeah. Um, there's also like the train sequence. Um, like we mentioned briefly, like the CG in the movie earlier. Um, and the train sequence is like, really where it stood out just like beautifully to me mm-hmm. um the one that i think is a little hokier is when they're uh haku and Chihiro are running through the big flower gardens oh yeah that's like straight out of mononoke yes. just bad yes <laughs> um that's really bad but like the the stuff on the train sequence is like really subtle and good because it like it uses the cg to help with like the parallax effect when you're yes. like staring out the car window um or like um they have like a, a sort of transparent like reflection of Shihiro in the window yeah. of the train. Um, like whenever like the CG is subtle in this movie, it's really good. I think um, I think they learned a lot from how bad some of the stuff in Mononoke is. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's used a lot more subtly, other than like the running through the flowers, which just looks t- terrible. <laughs> it's not great. 
the other thing I really like is just Yubaba and Zeniba's whole deal. Like these two identical witches that are literally just animated the exact same. Um, if you listen to the English dub versus the Japanese dub, they change whose voice is higher. That's I think it's a good goof in terms of like adapting it. I don't know why. It's always struck me as really funny that the different one has a higher voice in different languages. But they're basically the same character and... Yubaba is like just this greedy, like manipulative boss. She just sucks in every way. And they're, they're like, oh, her sister's even more wicked. And it turns out that she's just wicked because she holds people to account compared to Yubaba, who will let everything <laughs> slide because she's a, you know, duplicitous coward. And, uh, Zaniba just comes in. It's like, Hey, come in. We'll, we'll have tea. We'll spin this, uh, hair tie for you while I talk and I'll solve all of your problems and you can go out and I'll give you a cookie. And it's great. She's just the best. Um, and this <laughs> yeah. idea of like, the 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 fear of go, getting to Zaniba is so much more to overcome than like confronting Zaniba. It's like a good character bit for Chihiro as the one person who isn't afraid to go do this thing that everyone has built up, uh, the confidence to do that. Um, because her character is so someone once she like starts to like self actualize, she's a character who doesn't. She's very single minded in her focus. Like um, No Face tries to give her a bunch of gold because you know, he's perceived gold as the thing people want. And uh, she rejects it. Like, what do I have any use for gold? I, I work at this place. They give me my food. I live here. I'm trying to solve them. Save my parents. Gold's not going to help. Uh, <laughs> just no uh, like awareness or desire for that thing. That isn't the, the thing she is focused on. Um, and so her like disregard for the scariness of going to see Zaniba is very good. And the, the like way that's like anticlimax is very good. Yeah. And like you, I get the impression that, like, people think that Zaniba is, like, more wicked because that's what Yubaba says. Yeah. And to be fair, Zaniba, like, what she has to deal with her sister is, like, pulling pranks, like, turning her child into a mouse and, like, turning her three head minions into, um, her child. <laughs> she does She does almost kill Haku with a bunch of, like, paper birds. That's true. I guess she does do that. <laughs> But it seems like whenever she has to deal with Yubaba, I, I, she's just pranking her. She's just like, ah, fuck my sister. I'm just going to do this. Yes. But, um, but much like Yubaba seems to have kind of like a, you know, very fairy tale, loose idea of like the sanctity of lives, right? Like if someone dies in the middle of these pranks, eh, so be it. <laughs> um, it's so, it's so cute. Um, and I, I didn't remember where this was going, uh, watching it. Like, as, like, one of the little paper airplanes, like, starts, like, following um, uh, Shihiro around and, like, being, like, tapping her on the shoulder to try and get her to go left or something. Um, all of that is, like, really cute. Um, yeah, she's just your, like, it, it. it's very much like you have the grandma you want to go see and you want to, you have the grandma that you extremely do not want to go see. Yeah. Um, I love these two characters a lot. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I just noticed on the, um, uh, on the Wikipedia page that Zaniba literally translates to money granny. Yes. <laughs> um, um, the other thing I like also is the way in which like, 
Chihiro's process pulls people along with her. Like she saves Haku literally from brainwashing and being murdered, but then uh, gets him to recognize who he is. But she like takes the baby. Yeah. Like Yubaba's giant baby with her when he's turned to a mouse and gives him the space to like learn to stand on his own in the same way that she did. Like the microcosm of like the baby is also going through this, I think is like really good. Also uh, that baby is horrifying when it's big and adorable when it's oh, a little mouse. Oh my God. I hate it so much. I hate looking at it. Yes. <laughs> That's because it's an off. It's a giant baby. They're horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they're horrifying when they're small. A yes. little bit. <laughs> um, I was also noticing um, in the last little stretch of the movie, um, in a way I'd never noticed before, like um, when Zaniba gives her the little hair tie, that um is gonna protect her and there's like a couple moments where like you can like very clearly see like the glint of the hair tie like in the shot because it like is a little bit like sparkly or something yes um and like it's it sparkles as like she almost um orpheus looks back and then doesn't look back yes um (laughs) um i think it sparkles somewhere in the scene where she's like trying to choose her parents um Mm -hmm. So it's that scene is so good because I'm I don't know how I've never been sure does she actually recognize that um, her parents aren't there or does she just think Yubaba would try to get one over on her? I always thought like she has that dream in the middle of the movie where she goes to try to free her parents from the like kennel pen i don't farm i don't know where they yet live and can't recognize her them for all the pigs and like her whole fear is that like she's going to forget who she is being away for because it's like you know she's moving away from where she was like she's going to lose her sense of self and identity um and the minute she's in front of them i think she just literally is like wait i would know my parents and these aren't them like the fact that they that it is a trick and she can still see through it i think is like she has the confidence to trust her intuition on what is and isn't true which is the thing she's learned through all this Right, and I guess um, Haku had taken her to see her parents before, and she yes. had, like, immediately recognized them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? We haven't talked about No-Face hardly at all. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, No-Face No Face is, like, a cool dude. I, 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 always, I really like No-Face. I don't know how much I have to say, like, it's a little, like... No face is like kind of eye rolly when you think about it, but I just like him because he's like this wandering spirit that nobody likes. And Chihiro does like one kindness and then he just kind of lingers around greedily, like looking for his next like serotonin fix. And yeah, same dude, but like he's just <laughs> becomes like this tradition, like this mythical version of a reply guy, right? Where he's just hanging around looking for her to like <laughs> notice him over and over again in broader, grander, grosser ways as he like devours everything around him in the greed to get her to notice him. Cause that's the thing that matters to him. Um, uh, but also all that stuff is really cool. Like he, you know, he comes in and he sees everyone like greedily, like digging up the gold. He's like, Oh, that's the thing they want. They want gold. I need to give gold to Chihiro and she'll care about me. Um, and it gets everyone else to notice, but not her because she doesn't care because she's the protagonist. And then he just starts eating people and rampaging. And there's no like assuaging his like desire for, because he's just like a, like this gluttonous character that's eating the entire bathhouse out of all their food, eating the people, destroying everything. Um, 
And I think that stuff is like really good. And, you know, the way in which she sacrifices her medicine to get him to spew it all out and become normal again and take him away from this place that is like poisonous to him, I think is like good if it's a little like on the nose, right? Like the whole thing is that no face is greedy in a way that like the bathhouse is a place that will assuage all of your greed as long as you have the money for it. I like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not quite like, like a gambling parlor or something, but it definitely has the connotations of like a hedonistic place. Yeah. Um, it was extremely funny. Um, I started this movie, um, I think on Wednesday and finished it on Thursday. And, um, when I left off right before the no face stuff, um, I came back uh, after work on Thursday and finished the movie. And, um, the last customer I had dealt with before leaving work that day was this lady who, um, has called corporate on like three or four different people who work at the place I work, uh, and just hates all of us is very petulant is very like rude, except to like me and one other person. And so it was very funny because like right before I left, they were like, Oh, she just pulled up. Hey, Allie, can you, like, when she gets to the window, can you deal with her? We're all going to go stand somewhere else so that we don't have to deal with her. And, like, like, I, I then to leave that situation and go watch No Face, like, yeah, sometimes customers are just like that. Sometimes customers just get inexplicably attached to, like, one person who works here. And, like, most, like, most companies, like, most places to work feel like they are set up to just like the customer's right. Like, let's just like give them whatever they want, uh, until they leave. Um, so yeah, I, once again, just really like relating to this movie on just a personal level. Um, uh, it gave me a lot more affection for no face who is awful <laughs> than I used to have. I feel like his awfulness is like a reflection of the, the situation though, right? Like he's literally, a, Oh yeah. He's an sure. empty character that reflects the world around him. Right. Like, um, right. He sees like Jiro's desperate kindness and tries to like give that back to her and can't, and then sees the greed of everyone and reflects that back. And then just ends up kind of just hanging out with Zaniba being her helper. Cause she's like dutifully like just doing stuff around the house. Needs someone to help. Um, right and like, on some level like he sees Shihiro's kindness and it, like he wants to be kind to others and that's why he starts giving them all like this gold because like oh like I gave Shihiro the tag she likes the tag um I gave this guy gold he likes gold um like he's just he he kind of like ruins everybody's day but he he doesn't mean harm yeah <laughs> Um, he's cute. Yeah. Um, uh, do we have anything else? We have a ton of questions, so. Okay, good. Cool, cool. Um, do you just want to go I to questions? I, let's just go to questions. If you want to send us questions, you can do that at podcast at abnormalmapping.com about, you know, any movie we've covered previously or these. Uh, we have a lot of questions, so we're going to just start right in. 
uh, Casey, um, wanted to write in, uh, talking about how much do you think this movie talks about labor, service, and exploitation? Um, you talked a bit about that more than me because, uh, you're the one who works a service job. Um, throughout the movie, characters work for other people and trick other people into working for them. What do you think the movie says healthy work and service look like? How is it different for the labor and the person benefiting from the labor? Well, Yubaba sucks. <laughs> Just straight up. Yeah, Yubaba's the worst. Uh, and the, the movie has no bones about that. Um, Yubaba is just, like, all of corporate rolled into one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know that the, for me, I, I think in some way, like, I kind of, like, I think I worked myself up a little bit trying to figure out what this movie was, like, capital S saying about labor mm -hmm. um, and service labor. I don't... I don't know that it has, like, um, a concrete take on, like, what good service labor is and what bad service labor is. Like, what's, like, I don't think it, like, is so concrete as that, as it just feels like it feels very real to um, what service work is like. And sometimes that's, like, sometimes you have a good day, sometimes you have a bad day. Um, uh, I think... For a while, I was trying to understand the whole movie through that lens, and I don't, I don't think it's, and I think this is purposeful. I don't think it all quite meshes together as as cleanly as to have like a message in that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our next question is from Adam. Uh, Most Americans I know have seen Spirited Away, love it, despite the movie leaning heavily into Japanese myths and traditions. Why do you think the movie's as well liked over here as it is? Um, I definitely think the movie goes out of its way to, like, try to present this stuff. Um, like, Miyazaki aiming this at, like, the youth today who have forgotten their history definitely makes it, like, a movie. And there's a couple things. Like, if you watch the English version, there's, like, some voice lines that are not, like, over someone in the movie talking. There's a bit where they first show the establishing house of the bathhouse where Chihiro goes, it's a bathhouse! Because no one in America is going to know that the, the, that sign means bathhouse. <laughs> that I think are very funny. Um... Uh, but there, like, it, it actually surprisingly needs a little accommodation, I think, because of the way it's designed. Yeah, I think, um, I think a little bit about, like, Totoro and Pompoko here, where Pompoko is a story, like, like, a, so much more about this sort of thing, and, like, Totoro, I think, like, I think is, like, actually trying to, like, explain this relationship to like spirituality um to a younger audience i think like spirited away i think is like a little um i think in some ways like an american can like latch onto spirited away um because like it's not it's trying to explain those things but it's not like mm, how do i want to say this um it's not I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, the spirits are also just, like, cool fantasy movie, like, fun visuals. Like, you don't have to 100% understand what, like, a, a Guardian River spirit is um, to, like, enjoy the film, you know? Mm -hmm. um, whereas, like, I think Pompoko and Totoro are, in different ways, like, movies that might, like, ask that of you. Um mm -hmm. 
Uh, also, do you think Spirit of the Way's Oscar win can be mostly attributed to a big push from Disney, or are there other factors that helped it win uh, the, the Oscar that, you know, the other nominated movies didn't have? Um, worth pointing out, the year it won, it was up against Ice Age, uh, which is not good, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, <laughs> which I've not seen, Treasure Planet, which I haven't seen but seems like not great, and Lilo and Stitch, which is a Stone Cold classic, might be better than this movie, honestly. <laughs> Might be better than this movie. I like Lilo and Stitch a lot. <laughs> um, the thing worth noting, compared to the other uh, Ghibli movies that have been, you know, uh, nominated for the Oscar, uh, the Best Anime Feature Oscar started in the year 2000, so this was like the second year of it. And the other ones that have been nominated are Howl's Moving Castle, The Wind Rises, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, Moon Marnie was there, and The Red Turtle. I've only seen uh, one of those, but my general impression is that none of those movies are as good as Spirited Away. <laughs> um, but I will say, I do think it's mostly Disney. I think this movie's legacy yeah. is entirely because Disney put such a huge push behind it. Um, the way in which Totoro and Kiki have become staples in like American merchandising um, also, I think, are driven entirely by Disney able to like really push that stuff. Yeah, Um I have a great deal of affection for this movie. I don't think it, like... I would kind of put it firmly in, like, the middle of what we've seen, for me anyway. Um, like, I think... I think this movie, like, launching, like, the popularity of Ghibli in America is entirely because, like, John Lasseter had a lot of sway at Disney at that time and decided, like... No matter what the next movie was going to be, like, he was going to make a big push for it, uh, particularly a Miyazaki movie, you know? Hmm. Um, I think this movie is why, like, a lot of um, American fans will, like, call Miyazaki and Ghibli movies, like, equivalent things and, like, not really realize there is a difference between, like, there are other directors who work at Ghibli. Yes. <laughs> you know? Better ones if we're talking about Takahata. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, um, his name is escaping me right now. For what it's worth, the director of Whisper of the Heart, like, batted a thousand. Yes. <laughs> um, we have another email from Bob. Uh, this movie always seemed like the most fantastical Ghibli movie to me uh, because of how capable Chihiro is dealing with this fairy tale dream logic uh, and handling situations one after another, even while freaking out. Uh, maybe a kid just closer to fairy tales and it's easy to jump into one, but I would have died. <laughs> Um, <laughs> one question, who's the best Ghibli boyfriend? Um, it's Porco Rosso, who? obviously. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. I was like, who are the Ghibli boyfriends? No, it's Porco Rosso. I don't even have to look who else. Like, like the Baron is a close second. Cause, uh, cat boyfriend's also good, but Porco Rosso. Um, how do we feel about Lupin as far as Ghibli boyfriends? I go? think is that's that... cheating. I think that's cheating. <laughs> But if you want, if you want to count Lupin, that's fine. I've seen more Lupin. I like anime Lupin more than I like Ghibli Lupin. So that's fair. Um, yeah. uh, we have another email from Autumn. Other, not you, Autumn. A different Autumn. Uh, <laughs> 
Spirit Away was my first Ghibli movie. I didn't see it until I was 17. I missed it when I was younger because when it aired on Toonami, something in the commercials made me scared. I think I may have found the spirits creepy since they were so unfamiliar. Uh, I really like Spirit Away since it's such a departure in the kind of movies that I'm used to. Uh, as we've gotten more into Japanese media of various sorts, it's still exceptional, uh, but perhaps not as earth-shattering as the reputation of success. Why do you think this is the big one in America? We covered that a bit. Um, I wonder if it was others' introduction to non-Western storytelling or because of the marketing and childhood nostalgia. Uh, what is your favorite spirit? That's the final question. Uh, mine's radish. You said duck, right? Little ducks. Mm-hmm. Duck. Um, Love ducks. <laughs> it's weird because, like, I the idea that you could just watch this movie on TV is so wild to me. Like, uh-huh. when this movie hit DVD, it's like this is this is what arty this is what arty animation is now. Like, you want to you want the real shit. That's uh, like better than you're gonna get at Disney. Go see this. Like, I didn't see Lilo and Stitch until my like late twenties because I was too good for Disney. But I definitely saw Spirited Away. I was a dumbass because it was two thousand one. <laughs> I was sixteen. Um, it was probably two thousand two and I was seventeen. But st- point still stands. I'm dumb. You're dumb at seventeen. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, it definitely is like, partially it's like the fairy tale logic gives it that lack of like, you know, we think of like the way in which Japanese storytelling can be so different than Americans where it doesn't have like, you know, an antagonist and a thing to overcome. I don't really think that's necessarily the case here. Like Yubaba gives her a final quest. She has to go on a journey. Um, like it, it's partially just cause the, these, the fairy tale nature that gives it like, this unreal sense of stakes. It's not like Totoro where there's like really nothing wrong other than a mm-hmm. miscommunication. Like you missed a phone call saying your mom was all right. And now little, your little sisters run away. Like that's the, that's the major conflict in that movie. Like this movie has all sorts of conflict. Um, it's just presented in such a like different way, but I don't think it's like that different than like Pinocchio or something, right? Like a lot of this movie is very Pinocchio esque, like going on this journey, uh, against the, metaphors for like capitalism and exploitation to rediscover your home and self. Yeah. I think of this movie very much in the same breath as I think of, um, uh, you know, another foreign language Oscar winner, um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, um, which is just like, um, like, I, I, yeah, I just think of this because of Guillermo del Toro's like, um, fascination with story fairy tales and like telling fairy tale stories and so often i think those movies like don't like this movie and a lot of del toro stuff does not follow like a very strict three-act structure um like i couldn't tell you off the top of my head where the act breaks are in this movie um oh really i I feel like they're pretty to me they seem pretty clear oh i guess like like Shihiro losing her name and then going to Zeniba's house. Yeah, it's I like it's like, like starting to like starting at the bathhouse at the end of Act One and then leaving the bathhouse is the end of Act Two, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, I guess because it feels a little more dreamlike. Like yes. it's harder to identify immediately. Um, I totally lost track of the point I was going to say. Other than just yeah, I I think like the. I like the fairy tale stuff. What was the question? <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, we were just talking about the difference in like storytelling with like clear and anti- like Western storytelling versus Japanese storytelling, which I think uh, in right. this one is a little oversold, which was my point. Yeah. Oh, I also um, something in Autumn's email that I just wanted to touch on because I've also was, I've been thinking about this um, because of like y'all watching Gundam Wing, um, like. I would 
I really need to like go look at like what was airing on Toonami at this time because I can so vividly hear Tom saying like Spirited Away and like Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Like I I want to go watch all those ads because like this stuff we had it so good. This was just on TV. <laughs> Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm seeing if they ever post, like, when movies air on... Where did movies air on Toonami? There's totally just a wiki page of the Toonami lineup through time. That's good. That's good. Um, I was also thinking about this because I was, like, trying to remember, like, was Naruto on Toonami, but Inuyasha was on Adult Swim, like, all that jazz. (laughs) Um, um, weird. This doesn't have, this doesn't have Toonami. It doesn't have Spirit Away listed on this page. This only goes to 2004. It might've been after that, which man, that makes me mm. feel old. By then I was in college. So there's a Toonami wiki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where I was at. Uh, but I'm not going to okay. do We're going to kill the podcast looking through this at this point. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have another question from Zach. It was, uh, mostly about favorite character designs. Do you have a favorite character that isn't one of the spirits that we talked about? Uh, Zach likes the radish spirit, of course, because all good people do. And Kamaji, uh, the Spider-Man who works in the boiler room, who is great. You know, I'm arachnophobic, so, like, I was worried, like, oh, is Kamaji going to, like, be a problem for me? No, Kamaji's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love Kamaji. Um, yeah, he's just a nice um, old man. He's like that guy in, um, was it Laputa, who just works in the engines the entire time? He's literally the same character design. Just this Eggman-looking motherfucker here. <laughs> Uh, also just like him like looking at um like Haku and Shihiro for like two seconds and be like it's love like shut up Lin it's love like (laughs) it's very funny very like old man yes um I love Kamaji um we have an email from Tron uh with some questions uh Thanks, Tron. As always, Tron opens with soundtrack for this movie. And I want to point out, partially, I think it's nostalgia, maybe. I don't know. I've been pretty down on the soundtracks going through all these movies again. I think this one's great. I love the soundtrack in this movie. And I can't tell you why I think that way, but I think pretty much every other soundtrack since, like, the Joe Hisaishi one specifically, since Nausicaa has been bad. (laughs) But I do think that way. I I think I was... um... I think I was really down on the soundtrack for this movie because I could so clearly hear like the motif every time it happened because the movie literally opens on this motif. And so it felt like it felt like Joe was like knocking on my uh, screen and being like, it's the motif. A moment is happening. (laughs) It's driving me nuts. (laughs) Um, I don't I'm not normally so down on like lay motif stuff, but like, I don't know why, but like just this one melody was like jumping out of me way more than anything else in the soundtrack was, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think we've actually covered all the rest of this. Unless you have a favorite shot or scene. We haven't really talked about shots and scenes for me. It's specifically that long panning shot of the train going past all the stations. I think that's just incredible. Yeah. I, I really lost it. Like, the, the very specific thing is, like, Shihiro looking out the train car and, like, seeing things scroll by and, like, things up close, like, move really fast and things farther away move slow. Like, that that's specifically because I have been on so many car rides where I was 10 years old and, like, 
just staring at it like cornfields or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I really lost it for that shot. Uh, that's good. Um, we have one, an email from Sniper Serpent here. Uh, I watched this movie for the first time when I was six. My parents assuming anything animated was appropriate for any child, and it was profoundly terrifying to tiny me, scaring me in a way no other movie has. Coming back to it as a teen, I didn't really have the same experience, uh, but I remember having lots of nightmares about my parents turning into pigs after I watched it as a child. Um, do you have any extra insight on the way about these movies about children? Uh, seems so fundamentally different watching them as children versus watching them as adults. I feel like I... I feel like I really had that moment watching Totoro. I never saw Totoro as a kid, but I can like very much imagine like um how Totoro would have played for me as a kid and like um just liking the big cuddly guy. Yeah. Um and like as an adult like it being like the most heart-wrenching movie we've watched other than Pompoko yes. like um I really went through that on the Totoro episode and like this movie, I was like kind of actually surprised when you were reading Sniper Serpent's email. I would have just assumed that this is like, oh, cute cuddly spirits. Um, I mean, some of them are like, there's definitely weird stuff. Like the radish spirit is like creepy and gross. It, like you know, he's got weird little tentacle mouth thing, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that is eerie in this movie. Like there's all no the monsters that come out. People. Yeah, no fates <laughs> e- has a giant gaping maw that eats people. <laughs> Okay, and then yeah. Pukes okay, it all I can back up in like a, a super gross sequence. You know, I actually just remembered um on Disney Plus we were watching um The Black Cauldron because as a kid, the skeleton guy in Black Cauldron scared the bejesus out of me. Like my mom had to like sell that VHS because I was like so upset by even like thinking about the skeleton man. Mm-hmm. Um and we watched it on Disney Plus a couple months ago, and it was boring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never seen it. It's one of those that is notable for being absolutely forgotten by history for a good reason. So, um, the think, only thing that's interesting about it is like the production history. <laughs> I don't think I have any like kids movies that scared me. My problem is I was just exposed to horror movies too young. So like, I definitely watched like the it miniseries on TV when it aired and was scared of showers. There's a bit where Pennywise comes out of a shower drain. I was scared of showers for literally like a decade. It was until I was like a teenager that I got over it. I was always a little creeped out by showers. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like I don't remember children's media scaring me much. Um, all right. We have an email from Ian. Uh, do you have any line of dialogue or something from a movie that has permanently entered your daily life? Uh, my partner and I were able to see Spirited Away in a theater last year, and ever since then we started mimicking that eh that No Face makes whenever you're doing things, whenever <laughs> doing things around the apartment. It started as a goof, and now we can't stop it. It's just part of who we are. Um, I have a, I have literally hundreds of these. Yes. <laughs> Most of them are for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, Nora and I, like, Nora will show me a bad tweet, and I'll say, that's not true, without even thinking about it, and she'll finish the line. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about this because I've been on a, I've been rewatching all the ProZD videos, Uh like, just all week, um, and I've been just, like, endlessly, like, um, thinking just the words, like, King Dragon sends his regards. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, Nora and I have tons of these. I would probably be able to like, we could probably do an export audio where we just went through like trying to pick out what references do we do just like every single day? Uh, me and Jackson have so many. You can hear all of them on the various <laughs> podcasts in which I'm uh, on. So yeah, um, I'm always, I'm VoIP always life like, is the worst about that. Yes. I mean, that's just, <laughs> VoIP life is very similar to just me and Jackson having a conversation. Um, just a lot of that bullshit. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I literally could just live my life out of dumb movie quotes, like Wally or Bumblebee or something like my brain just lets that stuff seep in, in a really bad way. I um I was listening to VoIP Life the other day, and I was, like, pulling into my neighborhood, and I actually had to park to laugh at something before I got home, because um, you said no, and then you both started to no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. It fucking killed me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it do be like that. Like I said, most of them are from episode three. <laughs> um. Which is just the most quotable movie ever made. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's good. Oh, we uh, Nora and I also now have sort of from episode three: look left, look right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and we have one last email from Sean. Uh, until watching this uh, it, for the podcast, I haven't seen Spirit Wayne in almost ten years. Um, I've always avoided revisiting Spirit Away because the image I'd built up in my mind from how it felt about it as a kid um, and having watched it pretty frequently when I was younger. I remember it being really dense and having quite more story compared to other Ghibli films. But in my most recent viewing, I was surprised at how simple and straightforward it was and that its longer runtime is the atmosphere and vague depictions of the larger world that makes it seem broader. Um, train sequence stands out as my favorite in this movie. The glimpses of all the environments. Oh, yeah, this, this is what I said. So I agree with you. You were right. <laughs> um <laughs> Spirit Away isn't my favorite from Ghibli, but the ways in which it captures the experiences of childhood and growing up are incredible. I watched this uh, this time with my roommate, and afterwards we sort of reminisced about how we interpreted the film when we were kids. She really related to the relationship Shihiro has with her parents and the journey of achieving a sense of independence and maturity separate from them. While for me, the framing of the movie with her family moving to a new place and being faced with the uncertainties that come from it resonated with me most because I just moved states and started a new school around the time I first saw it. Uh, you might have already covered this. Uh, what do you think uh, Spirit Away... Why do you think Spirit Away is the Ghibli film that hit large audience? I, we covered that. Uh, mm-hmm. Aside from how recognizable Totoro is as a mascot, Spirit Away seems to be the point of reference for those that don't necessarily watch anime or Japanese film in general. Um, much of Ghibli's work works is in Western European aesthetics. It's Spirit Away is very rooted in Japanese origins, and I think that's one of its greatest strengths. I do think that's part of why people uh, like this movie and might like discount mm-hmm. something like uh like you know let's say Lapita or whatever uh you could say yeah you could say Nausicaa too but I think Lapita or Porco Rosso like something about those movies like because they are like this very aestheticized European look I think they just read as like old-timey to a, like a western audience and they are but like like you know they're older films and also like the things they're depicting are old but like I feel like you look at that and you're like, yeah, that's like the rescuers. That's like old Disney shit. Nobody cares about that. Um, if you're a kid, right? Like you just want the mm-hmm. new animation about something cool and like different. It's not exciting to see a biplane unless you're really into planes. <laughs> um, I could, I could get with you on that, except that Kiki is like another one of the like hugely merchandised films. And that is like, I think maybe the peak of like, Ghibli doing like you know small eastern european town um mm-hmm. i think there is something that like people respond to in like that side of ghibli but also like 
like I think Kiki like I think Kiki finds an identity in going so hard on like the like aestheticized European stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't have anything else, so we're out of emails. We're out of podcast. Hooray! You you were right. That was a lot of uh, emails. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll be back in three weeks as we talk about The Cat Returns. Uh, I'm really excited for that one. I remember really liking this movie. Don't remember a thing about it other than I remember really liking it. (laughs) So. I haven't seen it. Um, there might be a new G-Kids dub. I saw something about G-Kids on this page, so. I know, I know there is a dub because, uh, Carrie Ellis comes back and voices the cat, the Baron, but. Right. Ellis is the cat. That's good. Oh, Tim Curry's in this movie too. Okay. Um, maybe I'll watch the dub of The Cat Returns. Yeah. Um, all right. Until then, we have plugs. I guess I'll go first. Uh, you're technically the host. I just kind of took over, unfortunately. Um, yeah, you're good. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can listen to all of my podcasts at normalmapping.com. If you'd like to support us, it's $1 a month at patreon.com slash normalmapping to get the Great Gundam Project, which is uh, our years-long quest through all of Gundam. Right now, we're watching Gundam Wing, which I've heard people like. Um, and also, it's fucking fantastic. Gundam Wing is such a good time. I'm so excited to be talking about just a show that's fun, top to bottom, so uh, check that out if you're so interested. Um... Also, like y'all doing Idion alongside. Um, yes, there is there is been... another anime. It's far less fun, way funnier to me, but way less fun. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I've only seen one episode, but um, like y'all pairing Wing with a Tomino show was like, I don't. You didn't know like how good of a move it would be, but it's really good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It turned out really well. Um, you find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. Um, I do this podcast. I do export audio. Um, yeah, that's it. I've got a pinned tweet. I've got a coffee, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Export audio, uh, is kind of weird right now because, like, the, the podcast is about our lives and life is difficult yeah these days you're, so, you're both working out in the, the the public during all of this so yes people should one give you their fucking money and two yeah uh listen and enjoy any export audio you can get a hold of because uh it, you know great lo- risk of life and limb was put into producing those export io for our patreon also my coffee specifically or nora's coffee specifically or nora's patreon yeah like you can give us your money if you want to, yeah. <laughs> and we want it. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. I'm telling you, you should. We're doing all right. You should uh, help uh, Autumn and Nora out instead of uh, me and Jackson. Um. All right, that's it. We're out of here. Go watch some movies. Go watch some anime. Anime is pretty good these days. I hear. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm the ones the ones that came out before anime production shut down. You know, watch them. Watch something. Did you? We didn't talk about this at all. Um, you sent me that thing. Where yes, you know we're gonna we're gonna end with this. So yes, I sent years. I sent uh, I sent Otto a thing that uh, Miyazaki. There's I think it was a producer, or whatever. At Ghibli was like, uh, you know, they're like they're like 35 minutes through Miyazaki's next film. We think it's gonna be out in three years uh, because you know it's taken three years to get these first like you know 
35 minutes but now we're really cranking miyazaki's getting like it was like one to two minutes a week of animation done or something like that um because he's overseeing it all himself because of course he fucking is uh uh-huh. like we'll have another movie out that we haven't even started yet like fuck that one goro miyazaki's working on some shit nobody cares about but miyazaki's <laughs> film will be coming three years promise you unless he drops dead in which case it's all going down um and it's just very funny to like miyazaki yeah. just overseeing you know during all of this uh zooming into his animators workstations to watch them hand animate this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was also um, on the Wikipedia page for Spirited Away that he like personally oversaw like um, like he was personally like going to animators' desks to make sure they were like drawing Haku right. And it's like fuck off, dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is this is who he is. It's it's fine, whatever. You know, all anime production's bad. It's never been good. It's been bad throughout history. You look at the shit that was happening to animators in the 70s. They were basically dropping dead of animation. Still the case. They get paid less now, I guess. That's even worse. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anime, it sucks. I changed my mind. Go home. Watch something else. <laughs> Sare de yuke 